everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show after, I just think, one of the most heartening games. If you're a Winnipeg Jets fan, if you're a Winnipeg Jets player, if you're in the coaching staff, if you're in the organization, one of the most heartening games that you could have witnessed if you were looking at this here tonight. Let's start this off by saying the Arizona Coyotes they're a more impressive hockey team. They are not smoke and mirrors. You can see by the work ethic that they showed tonight, they are earning the results that they've got so far this year. I think they're a very dangerous threat to make the playoffs this year. Hey, had they won tonight against the Winnipeg Jets, they would have been sitting tied with the Jets in the standings, each of them with a win uh, over the other. Um, the first period of this game, Thought they made a great push. I thought they, they 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 tried hard to stay in this game. Came back to tie that game up before the Jets went ahead. To me, there's a clear difference between these two teams. They're a young team who made some like young team mistakes, but the Winnipeg Jets. If you're them, you have to lean on the things that you do best to get past. So, I take a look at it this like this. Um, First off, let's just address the idea of what the Jets were coming off of. I had talked about it at the top of the show. We talked about it in this program uh, last night after the game. But the Winnipeg Jets had an off game, right? That's what we were going to say about it, that it was an off game. It was kind of a little bit back to the bad habits that crept into the Jets last season and really corrupted the back half of their season. I know some people in the chat room were saying that I was raising alarm bells that I didn't need to be raising. And you know what? Today, it looks like that's the case. But let's not be crazy here. We know the problem over the years with this Winnipeg Jets team is playing very good hockey and then kind of sliding into a lackadaisical style of hockey that they just can't seem to get out of and it ends up costing them their season. So I do think it's something that you have to be vigilant with if you're the Winnipeg Jets. What you want to see, if you have a game like they had against the Buffalo Sabres, which I think they were the second best team on the ice, but they got bailed out by their goaltender and they got you know a gift from the gods goal to win that game. You want to see them come back and show that, no, we're going to win the next game and it's going to be a no-doubter. And we're going to do it playing the style of hockey that we consistently play all the time. And it's going to be the style of hockey that, uh, we've been sticking to the entire year, and we're just going to roll over this team. I thought that happened here tonight. Inexorably, as the game went on, the Jets got better and better and better. They were the better team here on this night. And when play, when when people talk about a team that you know finds a way to win games, right? Sometimes I like that. And sometimes I think that that's a little bit, a bit of a BS thing, right? And so I'm going to try and differentiate the two and why I like the idea of this Winnipeg Jets team as being a team that, you know, finds a way to win games. Because I thought tonight was an example of it, okay? The, the example of it I don't like, the BS example of it is I think what was said about this Winnipeg Jets team for years, these games that we would talk about where they would go out and they would put in very little effort. Connor Hellebuck would steal a game for them. They'd, you know, go out and snake charm their way back into a game against an inferior team. And people would always say at those times, yeah, they're they're uh, finding a way to win. Staying in the fight, Paul Maurice would say often. And I just always thought that that was complete and total BS because what I saw was an underachieving team that would stand up. Hey, I've said this a million times. They were the, the tortoise and the hare. 
They were the hare who, you know, had all the capability to win a race in a walk and decided to take it easy and ended up losing some games to the hare. And eventually that kind of attitude, I think, cost your season. So when I used to hear about that, about the Winnipeg Jets, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it one single bit. This now, when people talk about the Winnipeg Jets team finding a way to win like they did last night, I buy it. And here's why. I think that we see time and time again the Winnipeg Jets finding ways to win games. And when when that when you're talking about a good team and good teams find ways to win games, this is what that should look like. It should look like some nights three out of four lines aren't going. But because you're so deep, one line can win you a game. We saw that from the third line quite a bit earlier this year. Uh, it, what it looks like is in a night like tonight where you've got two teams that I think were fairly evenly competing in this game, the Jets are the more established of these two teams. They're the more veteran of these two teams. And I thought because of that, they were the least mistake-prone of the two teams. And a good example I think of is the press that they had going on before the game-winning goal, Kyle Connor's goal, which I'm sure a lot of you people out there are going to have as your lamplighter. The Jets were pressing in the zone, pressing in the zone. Arizona had a number of times that they could have got the puck out of the zone and didn't. And then they finally did towards the end of the shift. They had the puck in neutral ice, and I can't remember which player it was for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, but he just casually gave the puck back to the Winnipeg Jets. And they turned it, went up ice in that transition game of theirs that is just absolutely lethal right now. And they go down and they score the goal that ends up being the eventual game winner. That happens because the Jets are being are the more established of the two teams, and they're not making those same similar mistakes. And then beyond that, finding a way to win, I've said this time and time again about the system that Rick Bonus, Scott Arneal, and the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff have this Winnipeg Jets team playing. If they play, if they play to this style of game, it gives them an opportunity to win every single night and, and they do it honestly. And that's, I think, the highest compliment I could give to the Winnipeg Jets, definitely based on where this organization has been in years past. The highest compliment I could give to them is that they are winning games with an honest game and in honest fashion. They're not cheating the game. They're paying attention to the details. They are doing the things that they need to do to win. But most importantly, they are doing what their coaches said they needed to do at the beginning of the year. And that was play good defense and build offense off that good defense. They have been doing that to a T tonight is another example of it. And it's another reason why the Winnipeg Jets went four and one on this home road stand. It's a big reason the Winnipeg Jets have gone nine, two and two in their last 13 games. They jumped ahead of the Colorado avalanche. I haven't seen what the avalanche uh, did tonight. I know that the avalanche have a game in hand, but the Winnipeg Jets are showing that they belong in the upper echelon of teams in the NHL. Get excited people. Because what you're seeing from the Winnipeg Jets is a sustainable style of game that if they stick to this style, I don't care who they play when they make the playoffs because if they play like this, they're going to make the playoffs. Whether they win or lose, they will be an amazingly tough out. 
That's my take on it. Kenny's not ready yet to bring in here, but Harn Ryan Singh is going to join us fresh off the broadcast. He called the broadcast here. We're going to see if we can't get Sammy the Scarf Cosentino in for two straight games. I'm not sure if that's possible. That's a pretty big get two times in a row. But crazy enough that we've got Harn Ryan Singh. I'm just going to need Harn Ryan to turn on his camera and turn on his microphone at some point here. Want to bring him into the show. Uh, Just got to get you, Harn Ryan, if you're listening, to do your thing. Um, Here he is. He's ready to come into the show. The guy who called the game. The guy who, I have to say, Harn Ryan, I got message after message after message telling me that the duo of Harn Ryan Singh and Sammy Cosentino, and some people would throw in the trio there because Sean Reynolds fits in there somewhere, (laughs) but not quite the headliners of those two. But so many people telling me that you and Sammy are the favorite broadcast team that comes in and does this tonight, begging me to get you on KNR tonight. And that happened. Welcome back to the show. It has been too long, my friend. What did you take away from that game that you saw the Winnipeg Jets win here tonight? Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words and introduction, and thank you to the Jets fans. I mean, um, we've got something good going here ever since I joined uh, the uh, English side. Love the comment, Donnie Boy sing, <laughs> singing scarves because the scarf, we're, <laughs> we're, we're waiting to see if uh, Cosentino shows up, but I think he will. Um, yeah, you know, um, uh, I saw some really good things and, you know, you, you brought up the concern right off the bat. I'll, I'll take a little jab at you too, right? Because all of a sudden, um, but it, it was interesting because, you know, um, you, you had that observation as well today that Rick Bonus has, has come into games after games and he's really, even after a victory questioned the team and, you know, been, um, you know, saying that this isn't going to be enough. And, and so a different style from Scott or Neil, of course. Uh, but I think from what we've seen from the Jets, you're right. Um, some of the some of the comments you had earlier on, um, I would agree with that. Like, when are people going to get excited about this team, right, in, yeah. in Winnipeg? Um, this, is, this is something that not a lot of people could predict or saw coming. And uh, I think it has a lot to do, if we zoom out and go big picture, I think it has a lot to do with the Shifley and Hellebuck extensions that were signed. And if you put yourself in the shoes of the rest of the players on the Jets roster, think about that motivation. Because uh, all of a sudden you realize that the team is still going to go for it. And you you realize that this, this team still has a shot. And if you add on, so Shevel Dayoff re-signs them and, you know, they're here long term. But then you also think about the, um, the trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois and what the Jets got back. And, um, you know, I had the privilege of calling uh, two seasons in a row Los Angeles Kings um, playoff rounds against the Edmonton Oilers. And, and players like Gabe Velarde and Alex Iafalo and Rasmus Kupari, they are legitimate players, and and it's being proven again here in the Jets lineup. I mean, this is without even seeing what Villardi can actually bring to the table. Um, We only got a little taste of that. And so I think we are seeing a team that is not afraid of rolling four lines. Um, You had a great story in there, Sean, today about uh, Nemesnikov um, and and the Niederreiter. Three shots. Yeah, three shots in the last 30 minutes. Very impressive. Um, so yeah, the depth really showed through and I think it was a very mature game, even though it was sloppy Agreed. at times. 
but it was a mature game, realizing the situation that it's a you know the last game of a five-game homestand for for Winnipeg, the second of a back-to-back, so rare to have it at home. But but also uh, realizing that Arizona is tired from uh, what's amounted to an 11-game road trip. So a mature game. Um, but yeah, let's start to get excited about this team. Hell yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know what? You brought up the signings of uh, Connor Hellbuck and Mark Shifley. And I can tell you this, uh, Harn Ryan, as someone who was, you know, raised in Winnipeg, saw this team leave, hears that, you know, trope over and over again that NHL players don't want to stay in Winnipeg. I know what the perspective is from inside Winnipeg and sometimes the surprise that comes with players like that re-upping and staying here. Uh, I, I want to get an idea from you from the outside perspective, a guy who touches a lot of teams, who touches a lot of what's happening in, in Alberta and t- touches the uh, Oilers quite a bit. I wanted to get your perspective of what you thought when you saw that happen and what you thought it meant for this Winnipeg Jets franchise. Literally, it was like, what? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when the alert came on the phone and and I saw the extensions and it wasn't even just one, it was both of them together and, um, yeah, it was, it was, I was very surprised, but that wasn't just me who was, you know, reacting that way. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, sending texts amongst some of our other uh, colleagues, whether it's Louis DeBrusque or anybody we're working with, um, uh, you know, uh, I I think that there was a lot of surprise across the NHL that the Kevin Sheveldayoff was able to pull that off. And the fact that it meant that they are no longer shopping uh, players like Shifley and Hellebuck, which at the end of last season was a topic that was uh, a scary topic in terms of are the Jets going to have to step into a full-on rebuild or not. And um, this is Chevy believing in his core, uh, but also tinkering with it. But like you mentioned in your story, you know, Shevoldayoff was um, criticized for what he did at the deadline last season, bringing in guys like Niederreiter and um, and and in Nemesnikov, but that it wasn't enough. But look at what they are accomplishing, um, big picture, long term for the Jets. And you know those those have been such tremendous pieces. The biggest change, I would say, also big picture. Um, I had a chance earlier on in the season to talk to Rick Bonus. By the way, this is a good t- a time for me to mention four games uh, for the Jets that I've called them two zero and two. Uh, for the Jets, so the point streak stays alive. Um, there you go for my call. Yeah. So there's something good going all the time here for me uh, and Jets fans. But um, I had a chance to ask Rick Bonus earlier on in the season, like what what's the biggest difference in his mind from last season to this season, specifically in the dressing room? And his answer right away, no hesitation, was more voices, um, more voices taking ownership of the team and he said he'd been waiting for that to happen since he got here and he even went as far to say that the players needed to take control draw the line and not worry if someone got pissed off about it right and Mm -hmm. i i think that really provided some insight into what was going on last season i know you and i have talked about it a lot off the record but the reason why this is such a different team and the reason why i think there's a lot of people that should get excited and we as kind of Canadian broadcasters have hope for a Canadian team to go far is because there has been change in leadership um, and it's it's the it's the next generation taking over this team. 
Yeah. Um, hey, so behind the scenes, and I'm not going to name names uh, because everyone handles this different. I've had color guys come in over the last couple of years. And some of them, after watching Mark Shifley in the, the, this chat room and the people that we're talking to right now, are going to understand this because there's been some frustration with Mark Shifley over the years in his defensive play. I, I'll, I'll say this. Had some people come in at times and walk away from those games and say, and I thought did a really good job of handling the call in the game, pointing out some of the errors that Mark Shifley was making. Uh, and... Uh, um, and I, I, I'll Sammy, uh, the scarf is in the room here, so I'm going to bring him in right away. But I just want to set this up before we get going here. So some people coming in and calling the games would talk to me and afterwards be like, what is going on with Mark Shifley? Like it was noticeable, the the kind of loss of defensive acumen that was happening. And sometimes the effort just didn't seem to be there on nights like uh, on some of the nights that you saw. I'm wondering from your perspective, I'm going to bring in Sammy, the scarf here, who's making his second appearance on the show here in two days. Great job by you, Sammy. Sammy, I'm going to start with Harn Ryan on this one, but I'd like you to weigh in on this after Harn Ryan handles it. But you guys have both covered this team, called some games, watched this. I want you to tell me, Harn Ryan, what you think and what you've seen is the difference in Mark Shifley's game from what we saw tonight, which I think is one of the great examples of how Mark Shifley can affect the game both defensively and offensively compared to what we've seen from him over the last couple of uh, years, Harn Ryan. Yeah, I think um, I think it definitely is uh, a sign that Shifley is taking more and more of a leadership role on this team. And when you when you realize and and you mature as a player, you realize that you have to set the tone and lead by example. And and I think for Shifley, you know, top line centerman and without the presence of Blake Wheeler anymore, um, Shifley uh, has bought in more than ever before under this system with Rick Bonus and Scott O'Neill. And, um, you know, I, I remember when Shifley signed the contract and uh, the extension, he had some really high praise for Cheval Dayoff. And he said that some of those conversations that they had, um, he said not only did they go over really well with him, but he said um, he felt the support from Cheval Dayoff. And he also said that those were some conversations he would never forget for the rest of his life. And I think whatever happened um, during those contract negotiations for Shifley, he even said being able to talk to Chevy directly was uh, was something that accelerated the process. And that was like, I think it was a catalyst for him to just totally change his mindset um, and from the outside, I, I feel there's more buy-in than ever before. And we're seeing that, like timely defensive plays, whether that was against Buffalo last night or the past few games, even if he's not going to get on the score sheet, he's been making plays that have been impacting the the final, uh, you know, what comes to fruition as a victory as what the Jets have done here. Now, 9-2-2 two and two in their past 13 games. No doubt. Sammy, have you seen a big difference in what you've ca called in games with Mark Scheifele over the last couple of years compared to what you've seen this year? Well, I got to talk about Singer first. He's got the full broadcast setup going on. Oh, yeah. Check it out, eh? I'm feeling like I'm in the minors right now. I mean, I the scarf, but that's it. The scarf doesn't have headphones attached to it. You're on a back-to-back, -back, so it's all good. I <laughs> Well, I, I think you just—I think you just invented something with the scarf headphones. By the way, you better <laughs> patent that right away. <laughs> I think there's a number of things at play here, and so I went into the dressing room after, and and I just wanted to hear everybody speak, and so I asked a question to Mark about, 
like you look like you're happy and you're playing free and you know is this the best when have you felt this good and he took a real kind of deep pause and i think he wanted to go down a certain road but didn't and he said hey listen you're only as good as your next game and we got to work hard and, and and all and went with some cliche stuff and but you, but you can, honestly, you can look at his face. He, he just looks like a different person. So you think about the comments at the end of two years ago and how that impacted him. You think about uh, a room that seemed fractured. And because he'd been there a long time, he was probably taking some of the blame for that. Well, a lot of that, I think, changed. You know, you get the deal done. This is the place you know you're going to be. So it's kind of ride or die. It's not like the limbo that was before, hey, I might leave, there's uncertainty, do people want me, do I want to be here? That's that's all gone now. So it's a ride or die scenario where you're like, dude, I'm here. So we're going to do this and we're going to do this together. For me, this is the best hockey I've seen him play in, in a couple of years, honestly. So what I'm looking at is a guy who's engaged, a guy who knows he's going to be here for the long term. A guy who knows he has to be good for the team to be good. Um, but in terms of playing a full game, down below the goal line, checking, backtracking, um, and he hasn't lost anything in terms of his ability to distribute the puck, which is probably uh, more on, you know, on par than it's ever been in his career. I think he's on on uh, pace for a career high in assists, and he still has that goal scoring ability. But like. He just seems like he's, if I could put it in one simple phrase, it looks to me like he's playing free. And anyone who's played a sport, what was that? PLD. Sorry, no. Yeah. Uh, No, I'm just. uh, But anyone who plays a sport, or even in our jobs, guys, right? If if your head's full of stuff, you're, you're not as good. But if you're singularly focused on just one thing and one task, you're better at your job. And, and, and my cousin, I got to credit my cousin, Mike Gavin, used to watch that show, I think it was called Coach. And there was a line in that that said, hey, don't think you'll hurt the team. And, there, and there's a lot of truth to that. You know what I mean? Don't think. Go out there and play free. React. Do what you know how to do. Don't think about the process of doing the things that you know how to do. So that's what I'm seeing from Mark Shifley. And I, I think he's playing. It might, I'd go out on a limb and say he's probably playing the best hockey of his career right now. He's been phenomenal. Hey, you guys, I've never made any bones about it. Not only are you two of my favorite people to work with and be on a broadcast team, uh, you're two of my favorite people in this world, period. So being able to spend time with you guys is the absolute best. I kind of want to have you all to myself. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Ken Weeb is showing up in the green room and what? is ready to come into the show. And we've got music that we have to play, contractually <laughs> obligated to play every single show. So we got to bring him in here, you guys. So it's time uh, we've waited long enough for Kenny, or he's made us all wait long enough. Time to bring him into the show right now. Here comes Kenny, everybody.
Kenny, what I'd like to do is give you the pristine roofing wake-up call of the oh, game yeah. for making us all wait so long. But I think that probably goes to Blumelka tonight for that uh, string behind the net and costing his team a goal. One of the uh, Hey, I loved how you picked up on it, Harn Ryan. We've talked a lot about how the hockey gods seem to be smiling on the Jets as of late. That's just another play that seemed to fall in their favor. Uh, we saw something like that happen earlier this year with Skinner in Edmonton and we saw, of course, that goal by Nick Ehlers uh, the other day and all the players that keep coming in here injured. Uh, but regardless, that's a wake-up, a pristine roofing wake call for Vimelka, uh, of course. Uh, and, hey, you know what to do when you hear about the pristine roofing wake-up call. If you need any work done on your exteriors, your roofing, give North End Rick a call. He's often here in the chat room. Uh, 1204-981-6289. He loves to be woken up in the middle of the night to go to work. That's all time he did. He's a little slacker a little bit, but you can also head over and talk to Pristine Roofing themselves at 1204-237-7663. Give them the Pristine Roofing wake-up call and give your house the Pristine Roofing wake-up call. Ken, I wanted to give you a shout-out as well. Uh, Looking like a million bucks. Uh, As always, it's the Victoria Rossi. We can't pull off the scarf. (laughs) Luckily, we've got Frankie and the boys down at Vittorio Rossi who dress us the way that we do. We, we don't have the jawlines to pull off the scarf. We don't have any of those things. And we don't have that luxuriant beard that Harn Ryan's rocking. <laughs> but somehow, somehow, Frankie and the boys down at Vittorio Rossi keep us somewhat looking in the same league as these two fine gentlemen who've joined us tonight. So you know what to do. If you want to look like Kenny or Rennie, head on down to Cordon Avenue. Walk in, loudly proclaim that Kenny and Rennie have sent you there. Ask for Frankie and the boys, and they'll take care of you. Ken, we want to hear. What would you see? Bring the scarves, Frankie. Let's go. Bring the scarves. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, yes, what a, what a four box here in play. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. I know Sean has already welcomed you, but uh, tremendous to have you aboard. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting game for the Jets. A lot of rebound qualities after a pretty poor third. I mean, they weren't great in the first, I don't think, but uh, I would say the Jets got better as the game wore on, and it's interesting. The, the Coyotes were quite tenacious early and like pretty disruptive, but the Jets sort of, once they settled themselves down and uh, provided the quick bang-bang late in the first, they kind of took control and... Uh, and that's a quality that we've been seeing more and more of lately. Sean, I, lo- I love the, the storyline you went with with Scott O'Neill, the whole playing defense to generate offense. I mean, that was at play throughout the contest, the Morrissey goal being the you know prime example. And yes, Mark Shifley, quick to credit Josh Morrissey, but uh, the ability, this is a classic. Mar- Mark made a very difficult play look routine in how he, f- how he froze the defenseman and found that spot in between the stick and the skates to rifle the pass over. Excellent job by Morrissey to read the play and join the rush, no doubt. Uh, But that was an exceptional pass. You guys were talking about Mark's passing before uh, I came on here. And man, I mean, the Jets just really... And this is another classic example of what Scott O'Neill was talking about. You know, Shifley scores the goal, but the Jets' third line makes the goal happen with the cycle shift that happened before that. Lowry had already changed. Yes, Mark walks in, toe drag goes to the backhand. But man, their ability to rim the puck around, go right D to left D, punish the opposition down low, wear them down, and you know, 
have an extended shift that led to that goal. Shifley, the benefactor of all the hard work that was done before that. But, I mean, that was what Scott O'Neill was saying when he said they're a collective. Uh, and he's so right. The Jets aren't leaning on their top line to produce all their offense. They're not leaning on one defenseman, even though Josh Morrissey, um, you know, is up now to 16 points in 17 games and having that same pace as he had last year. And, you know, yes, of course, Lauren Brassois wasn't really tested overly in the second or third, but the fact they didn't give up a scoring chance after, you know, unraveling in the third period the day before against the Buffalo Sabres, that is a sign of legitimate growth, Sean. Scott O'Neill said that was going to be an outlier, and his teammates backed them up, not only with words, but with actions. And uh, for me, that's the biggest thing about the Jets. I mean, Harn Ryan touched on it. I mean, it's nuts when you look at this whole homestand as a whole. 4-1, and one, the only loss of 3-2 loss to the Dallas Stars. And the Jets, since going 1-3, and three, are 9-2-2. Two and two. Like, that, that, that's among the best in the National Hockey League. Now, of course, they've got room to grow in order to be an upper echelon team. But they're showing some signs in the first quarter of the year that they're going to be more than just a mushy middle kind of team and might battle some of those top teams in the West if they can continue to go the way they're going at 5-on-5, five five, clean up those special teams, and start getting more performances between the pipes like we saw today from Lauren Brassois and two times this week from Connor Hellebuck. Um, I want to get into something here uh, because there's a lot of people who are asking about the legitimacy of the Winnipeg Jets in the chat room here right now. I, I think, and I'm going to transition this and uh, talk about uh, one of our sponsors in Cambrian Credit Union, who we've always talked about being rock solid. So I'm going to say this is the rock solid, the Cambrian Credit Union rock solid performance coming out of the Winnipeg Jets. Just overall, how much I buy into this team. Cambrian, of course, where both Kenny and I have our mortgages, a lot of our family members, uh, including ourselves, have uh, have. Um, accounts there but one of the things that always impresses us is their community involvement with all the sponsorships all the donations take a look at that 355 or 365 i don't have my glasses my sweet lou Furlan glasses i don't have them on but they really put a lot of money into the community i've said this before i've got the jets play like this and i expect them to they're going to the playoffs and regardless of what happens in the playoffs they're going to be a really really tough out now i understand why people out there would think based on what we saw from the Jets last year leading the Western Conference and then kind of falling apart, having the bottom fall out. I understand why people would be skeptical. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Sammy. Go to you, Harn Ryan, and end with you, Ken. But Sam, do you think there's a reason to be skeptical or do you think that the idea of the Jets falling apart the way they did last year is something we should not expect? So here's the thing. What's the save percentage of Connor Hellebuck? Under 900. It's it's never been that low. He's going to find his game. And yes, he's, you know, Singer, you and I talked about it. He's, he's facing fewer shots, and that's part of the reason why it's lower. But he'll get to 910 by the end of the year. So you're winning this many games with the sub 900 save percentage. Impressive. Penalty kills got a ways to go. Two years ago it was not great. Last year was pretty good. It's going to start to get to that spot again. So what I do is I look at areas of the game that I think are easily improved and can improve, and I see the the light. I see the light. Yet you're still winning games. 
I saw a team that didn't play its best game last night at 18 shots on goal and still won. I saw a team that had some lapses tonight in the back-to-back, as you would totally expect, yet still won and pretty handily. So for me, there's a lot of positive signs that if the things that we've seen in the past, such as save percentage and penalty kill going back to last year, improve, and we're seeing Shifley on a pretty good pace, you're seeing uh, Connor do his thing, you're seeing contributions from the D, five or six points from the D tonight. I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty The one thing I'll say is this, though. Like, in terms of the central and getting a top three spot, I think that's essential. I think we're looking at, at the, you know, the Vegas, LA, Vancouver thing. I don't know if that's going to go away, um, you know, in terms of where they are in, in, the, in the Pacific. So those spots would be locked up. And then you're going to see a couple of teams fighting for a wild card in the Pacific. You know, even Anaheim is sustainable. I don't know. But now you, you're looking at, okay, what teams now from the Central are going to be fighting for that spot? So you want to be in that top three spot. But, again, I'll, I'll get back to the point that I made. Winning, doing well right now, and still uh, some room for improvement or at least regressing back to the norms in terms of save percentage and penalty kill. And I think that's that's pretty key. Harn Ryan, uh, are you buying what you're seeing right now, or is this maybe a mirage like what we saw last year? Yeah, I am because, uh, again, I, I spoke about Ayafalo, Velarde, and Kupari earlier on. I, I think there's more depth. Um, and, and then you also have Perfetti, who's firing on all cylinders too, which you didn't have in the same fashion the previous seasons. Um, so there's that. And then also the emergence of uh, Dylan Sandberg, because um, I feel like last season, it was always kind of a question mark if he was even going to be in the lineup or not. But if you look at how he's played, um, I don't think you could ever even take the guy out of the lineup because he's been so good defensively, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of just playing with more poise and the block shots and um, he's ready for it now. Right. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is uh, you know, with the way this team is playing, they're also collapsing in front of the net more. We saw a bunch of that uh, tonight too. So that sort of Vegas style of defense that Sammy, you mentioned on the air um, and, and, you know, Kyle Connor has the potential to obliterate his own, career highs, which is, you know, it could be, lead to something exceptional. Uh, we, we haven't really even talked about him yet so much on this post-game show, but he's leading the entire NHL in goals. He's leading the entire NHL in even strength goals. He has 14 goals in 17 games, and the last Winnipeg Jets player to do that 1.0 or 2.0 was Timu Solani with 14 and 17. I mean, he, he couldn't have asked the hockey gods for a better start to the season. Um, and, you know, one thing that comes to mind, again, an early conversation with a Jets player, Neil Pionk, um, when the Jets were 1-3 and three to start off the season, um, I asked Neil Pionk, you know, if he was kind of worried and he said he was no hesitation. Um, and he said he wasn't worried at all because he thought there were just a couple of tweaks needed and, you know, the goalies needed to be a little better. And, and, you know, it, he was exactly right after that, the, the jets have taken off and they haven't looked back. Um, one little shout out here to Laurent Brossois to, um, his 100th career start tonight and, a victory, of course, but 
this guy has battled some serious injuries. And if you talk about the hip surgeries and I mean, I've heard other goaltenders talk about it, that the hip surgery can be like the worst possible injury for a goalie to come back from and, and for Brossois to come back and now his hundredth career start tonight. Uh, good for him to battle battle through that and his second stint with the Jets here. Obviously, there's a ton of loyalty with um, Kevin Cheveldayoff in this Jets organization, and we're seeing a lot of things fall into place this season. So I am a believer. Hey, I'll tell you, that's a heck of a trip to the buffet for both you two. Uh, but here comes the king. Step aside, watch him tuck the napkin into the collar and go at it, Ken. What do you think? Are the Jets legit? A couple of shrimps uh, left in the buffet there. Uh, you know, they were held on ice. It's good. No, the guys are touching on a lot of the things. And uh, the biggest thing for me is the, the dynamic has changed so much. I mean, the king's acquisitions that uh, Harn Ryan touches on are obvious and you know the Jets haven't even really got to enjoy the fruits of the labor that Gabriel Velarde will provide and you know as the Jets took the optional today there's Velarde working on his conditioning again today with Brad Lauer uh, this is a legit top six forward with a two-way presence and a defensive conscience which again we're talking about what it's going to be like down the stretch and into the playoffs those are the kind of players that don't exactly grow on trees. But, uh, you know, Sean, you and I have talked about this countless times. Nino Niederreiter and Vladislav Nemesnikov were kind of under-the-radar additions at the deadline last year, but they go to the hard areas. That The Jets didn't have a ton of guys that went to those areas among yeah. their skilled group. So those guys are a huge addition. And then you have, you know, Kapari hasn't really got himself going yet, especially not offensively. Uh, Ayafalo's been a great fit. Velarde will help. Uh, and I just feel like they're they're playing more of a playoff brand of hockey. Of course, they're going to have to be better. Uh, will they have to upgrade their defense core if they want to be a legit contender? Absolutely. Sam, you and I were talking about this pregame already today. And again, love the passion in the chat room. But like the Jets aren't trading for, let's just say, for example, Chris Tanev on November 19th. Even if they wanted to bring in Chris Tanev for the deadline and for the record, yes, I am on board with Chris Tanev being an excellent potential addition for the Jets and not just because he played for the Manitoba Moose. He would allow the Jets defense core to strengthen its right side and slot the other D-men down accordingly, if you will, and much like we've talked about the Jets' depth up front, all of a sudden if it's Tanev and Morrissey and it's maybe DeMello and, uh, let's say, DeMello and Dillon, and then it's Pionk and Samberg, and Nate Schmidt's the number seven, or maybe Vili Hanel is pushing his way into that mix at some point in the new year. Well, again, that's the kind of defense core that is going to be required to go toe-to-toe with Colorado or Dallas if the Jets want to try to get themselves out of the Central, let alone try to get themselves to the conference final or beyond. But I'm with Sam. I mean, I've been saying this as politely as I can for 17 games. Like, the Jets are not going to be the Seattle Kraken and be a playoff team with sub-900 goaltending. They have goaltenders that have shown time and time again that they will be league average or better. And in a lot of ways, league average to elite when it comes to Connor Hellebuck. So I don't think for one second he's going to be hovering around 900. And I think 910, you know, is 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 going to be low on the buy or sell, um, quite frankly. But yeah, he has a lot of work to do to get to 915 or above. But I think he's at least going to finish at 910. And I probably wouldn't 
be surprised if it was 15 or you know maybe even 920 but that's going to take quite a bit of you know quite a few stops racking up and you know let's not ignore the fact that jets don't they still give up a lot of you know the the chances that they're reducing the quantity but the quality that they give up has still been a little bit too high uh, at times. No takeaways tonight, though. No, that was big. I mean, I did, I did grill Scott O'Neill about that this morning, uh, and he was not thrilled by the Paterka breakaways uh, that were happening. He said they're just giving the opposition free offense, and hey, we noticed, guys, all four of us. The Coyotes had some guys kind of lingering around the old, the old far blue line, but they were they recovered in this situation. So, uh, I am buying the Jets being a team that will not fold um you know again adversity is going to come at some point we we had no issue with the jets in the first 15 games last year or the first 30 or even the first 45 you know their true tests will come into the new year but they are already showing a willingness and a desire and a buy-in to play the proper way that will be required for them to continue to be a good team you know beyond the first quarter and Sean, you've now I've talked about this for the last three years. The Jets have had they get to their structure earlier than many teams around the yeah. league. It had been their reluctance to stay with that structure that got them in trouble in each of the last two seasons. Bang so uh, that that's what I see from the Jets. But I see uh, great leadership. I see good direction. And you know, I saw you had the the quote on the board during the broadcast. The fact that Rick Bonus already said he let things slide a little bit too long at times last year, that's not happening. And, you know, even if Scott O'Neill didn't say it this morning, um, we know that the clips that they showed about how loose they were in the third period, that resonated with the Jets because we saw it in action on the ice today. Yeah, hey, the Coyotes are missing some important players. Hey, the Jets are missing, you know, a potential top six D-man and a top line winger also. So... They don't have to apologize for beating teams that don't bring their full lineup because the Jets haven't really had their full lineup for much of this year either. It's part of it. Every team's going to go through it. But I do think the Jets are better equipped to handle the bumps that will be around the corner. Sure, room for improvement, but this team's legit. They're they're not a, you know, early, you know, beat up on bad teams, you know, get fat on your press clippings and then totally disregard the structure you played with in the first 20 games and become an also-ran. I don't see that happening. I actually see this team getting better as the year goes on, unlike last year where they unraveled and had a really difficult time getting it back on the tracks. So when are we going to see the first sellout? Oh, there was a comment. There was a comment there, right? Because you brought it up to winter. When is the city or... When are they going to get excited about the team, right? And so- yeah, I, I think people are excited. I, I just think that's a t- different issue that is not as simple as the Jets winning or losing. I don't think people aren't excited about it. I, I wanted to close out this con- this conversation that we're having about this. Ken, I think you're bang on with the idea that the Jets coaching staff is a lot more vigilant to allowing that slide that happened last year. This is the main one for me, and I don't know if you guys, Harn Ryan and Sam, have been uh, – um, familiar with my concept of the snake charmer offense but i've said this about the winnipeg jets for years they're this team that loved to score from distance they love to kind of weave and bob and move around and score from the outside not go to the front and you would see it when with kyle connor mark shifley and blake wheeler would get together 
And what would happen is after a while, they would score these goals and then they would just stop going to the net. And that offense kind of dries up as you get closer to the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, the Jets would have a real hard time. Talk to Mark Shifley after the game. He gave a great interview, great interview on the bench afterwards about, you know, the pride that he feels in this team and how they've responded. You know, if anyone wanted the Jets to start this way, it's Mark Shifley who re-signed here and wanted to show that that was a good signing. But one of the things I talked about with him was the coaches and the idea of them saying that good defense was going to lead to good offense and how these guys have bought in. Uh, Scott Arneal talked about it afterwards. Uh, Mark Shifley talked about it on the bench. The kind of goals where this team is backtracking and stealing pucks, playing good defense, turning the puck around, heading up ice and scoring, these have replaced those snake charmer goals as the kind of goals this team wants to score. So last year, the Jets got asked to play defense by their coaches, and they did it for the first half of the year, and they got sick of it, and they started winning games playing the snake charmer and thought, why are we doing all this work if we can just snake charm our way to the end here. And then it dried up on them. Well, the Winnipeg Jets, I think, A, have learned that lesson. B, their coaches are on top of them to make sure that they remember that lesson. But C, they've been convinced that the the most fun kind of offense and the kind of offense that is appreciated most by their teammates is them working their butts off to get back defensively, help out their team, steal the puck away from the other team by just saying to them, we're faster and bigger and stronger than you, turning it up ice, and then going and scoring like that. I think the snake charmer style used to be the gravity that would the Winnipeg Jets would constantly be pulled back to. I think the poles have shifted and flipped. I think the Winnipeg Jets now prefer this kind of offense, and that's why I think they'd stay more committed to it this year than they did last year and I think are probably going to avoid that issue. Ken, uh, before we move on, we should start getting into our Lampies and our keg saves of the game and our Johnson Group got you covered play of the game. But first, let's do buy and sell and give a shout out to Sweet Lou while you're in the process. Yeah, right on. For the folks who have realty needs, they'd like to have Matt uh, contact our main man, Lou Ferlin at Royal LePage Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. You can reach him by email, lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast, for which we are very grateful. Uh, buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to go with buy. Hey, Mark, hold on, hold oh, on, sorry. hold on. Before okay. we do that, let's Lou just. Needs uh, a scarf. Uh, uh, Harn Ryan, I know yeah, that yeah. Uh, you've got to get out of here. Uh, we really appreciate you stopping by. I'm going to come uh, as soon as we're done here. We're going to stop by to uh, have a chat afterwards. It's going to be great. But it means a ton to our audience that you stop by here tonight, my friend. Thank you so much for doing that. We'll see you in about 20 minutes here. Okay. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Always great to be here in Winnipeg with all of you. All right. See you soon, Harn Ryan. Thank you, my man. Later, my man. Okay, we are going to do buy and sell. Uh, I know you loved this one last time, Sammy, so I'm going to let you go ahead again this time. Are you buying? Are you selling today? And what are you buying or selling, Sammy? All right. I'm selling on Vimalka's puck handling. (laughs) Well, no, I ain't going to tell you why. There's a story. No, I like it. Go Go to the optional morning skate. And Vimalka's out with Corey Schwab, and he's doing exactly that. He's handling pucks. So how often in an optional do you see the starter go out there and, and do his work? So I have to give him all kinds of credit for that. Like, that, that's impressive stuff. 
But the one goal, obviously, the Vladdy goal, and it can be deflating for a team. He goes out, plays the puck, doesn't quite get to the trapezoid, has to hustle back to the net. Who's your Vladdy? Uh, banks it in off him. <laughs> it kind of changes the complexion of the game at that point. So uh, I'm going um, I'm going sell on, on Malcolm's puck point. I am going buy, though, on Lovey 13-13, who <laughs> bought this old man a beer at the bar before I come up. Oh, nice. Yeah. And a lampy, no less. Yeah, pretty sick move. I, I'm, I'm... <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, I've said it before. Our chat room, other than some select people out there, are the best. Uh, you know who you are who I'm talking about here. But listen, that's excellent. Ken, uh, you get into the buy and sell. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm buying uh, Mark Shifley career high in assists that Tammy, Sammy touched on earlier. Uh, I don't want to be don't want to be stealing, but since he's already completed his segment, uh, I'm going to be going uh, buy on Mark Shifley's uh, assist totals, and I'm also going to buy on Mark Shifley north of 90 points. I believe. I mean, a, a couple of years ago, I thought he might flirt with 100, and honestly. Provided he stays healthy, Mark is well on his way to creating it and creating it the right way, Sean. Wrapping up what you said, I mean, if you only look at the portion of Mark Shifley to Kyle Connor to High Rister over the glove of Amelka, you might be tempted to think that that was Snake Charmer offense. But you would be ignoring the fact that that whole play is made by Mark Shifley stealing the puck in the neutral zone and getting going in the other direction. So that play is also made from defense. It's not a snake charmer special. It's not cheating for offense. It was a good defensive effort and then getting her going the other direction. So uh, I'm buying those two things on, on, on the Shifley front right now. I'm also um, buying, I love Kyle Connor. Um, you know, he was asked, uh, you know, does it mean anything to you to move into first place of the league leaders in game 17? And he basically shook his head. He's like, no, doesn't mean anything yeah, like, like, let's talk in april let's talk in april i believe it though <laughs> oh it's true he, he's like i'll see you in april then it might matter and even then he probably won't care he's got his duster he's got his flow going he just snipes it's like, great what a gig um, eh? boys moving on uh your johnson group got you covered play of the game maybe give this one uh uh first a first person ken if you could yeah, to me, it's collective. It's hard for me to go one singular element, but when a team gives up literally zero scoring chances over the last period and change and only allows basically three shots on goal, and I think it was about 36 minutes, uh, right. I'm just giving the Johnston group got you covered to the team defensive structure in that you know, in that outing after the jets were not good in the third period, they were the complete opposite today. And that collective is why I'm choosing uh, the collective as the Johnston group. We've got you covered. I think you nailed it. The Kenny and Rennie OGs, the Johnston group, that is everything that they stand for. Ken and Hey, do you run a small business in Canada? Well, look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan chambers plan to give you a competitive edge. Chambers plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more and a great representation there tonight, Ken, of the Kenny and Rennie OGs, the Johnston group. All right. Time for the keg save of the game. Sammy, is there anything that stands out to you? Love the play by Connor on the Morrissey goal. 
middle of the ice, high slot. He makes a little delay, flicks it off to his right to get it to Shife. Morrissey takes one little pause and then goes up ice for the two-on-one. So I'm calling that the save of the game. That's a puck that goes in the middle of the ice that's saved by Connor, right? And after, let's face it, it was bad effort on the back check and the one Arizona goal that Dumba scored who came up on the rush. You saw that. Yeah. But turned it around. Makes a good play. He's in the right spot in the defensive zone. Boom, Shife. Boom, boom, boom. Morrissey two-on-one. I'm calling that the save of the game, boys. Yep, good call there. I know there weren't. It wasn't a ton of high dangers for Lauren Brassois. I believe there was one really good save he made on Clayton Keller, though. I think uh, Terry Trey mentioned it in the uh, chat room earlier. I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna go with that as my. Uh, that's gonna be my lamp. Or sorry, that's not. That's keg right. save of the game. Let's try yeah, again. Keg save of the game. Hey, that's try keg again save here. of the game by Ken Weeb and Sammy the Scarf. Uh, you should share with us your keg save of the game, like many of you have already, and you haven't already. Why haven't you? I'll tell you why you should. You better tell me why you shouldn't. You should, because if you do, you automatically are entered to win a $50 gift certificate to one of the fine three keg locations in the city of Winnipeg. Uh, that's all you do. Share with us for your save of the game, and you're automatically entered, and that brings us to the winner from our last show, and that would be... Well, so we're not Greg doing the Johnson. double up tonight, eh? Not the double. It's only fit. It's only fifty dollars. It the big oh, winner was claimed last time. Let's go. Yeah, they they claimed. Great job, but hey, Greg Johnson, and with the handle at Magic Johnson seventy. Good handle, great. by the way. Good great. handle. Great handle, Greg Johnson. You deserve a nice rare steak from the uh, from the keg exactly. for that great handle. But because you shared with us your keg save of the game, you got that. But. You don't have it yet because first you got to send a direct message to SN Sean Reynolds. Direct, send me a DM. I need your full name, which I'm sure is Greg Johnson, and I need your email, and you will have your very own $50 gift certificate to be used at one of the three locations in Winnipeg, each location finer than the last uh, at the keg in the Winnipeg. Uh, enjoy that. Uh, you've earned it in a number of ways. All right, That's moving on to the lamplighter, starting with you, Sammy. Hang What's on, your lamp? Of the game? End, knock the horns off and throw it in the plate. Let's go, boys. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sammy. Your Lampy of the game. Uh, listen, no one is as familiar with the Lampies right now as you are. You've had one bought for you in the bar. You've got one now that you're doing this here. You know that is fr it is frosty and delicious in the nectar of the gods. You know it inspires lightings of the lamp like it did tonight. So what do you got for your lamp lighter on this night? Oh, I love the Vladdy goal. Vladdy's just like he's so subtle, right? So he just goes out there, you know, he's just doing his thing, whatever. I, I love it. So he just banks it in off the pads of Amalka from behind the net. And then, then the best part is, like, he doesn't, he's not really, like, super emotional guy. But if you go back and look at his reaction to that goal, his, his smile reaction. is ear to ear. It's great. Great reaction. And he, like, like I said, he just, you know, I saw him in the lobby here last year. And he's like, hey, man, not really, you know what I mean? He's just. Yeah, I'm from an NHL guy. I'm just going to go do my business, whatever. But I love that. He just had that huge smile. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm smart of you guys here. And I love it. Good stuff. Kenny, what do you got? Yeah, you know what? Uh, the temptation is the – you know what? It's no, not just temptation. Uh, it's a goal I just talked about. I love the back pressure by Shifley in the neutral zone. And, you know, there haven't been many times where we've said a Jets player is leading the entire NHL in goals. Yes, he was tied. Sure, great. That's great in itself. 
Kyle Connor leads the NHL with 14 goals. Um, this is a guy who, you know, he's not underrated in the market he plays in. I think league-wide he has recognition. We know that from talking to Pete DeBoer recently. But we're still not hearing if if Kyle Connor was playing in Toronto and had 14 goals, we'd be hearing a little bit more about it. So for me, first because of the effort by Shifley to cause the new turnover and the transition, but then it's just another flat-out snipe by Kyle Connor. And for what you mentioned, uh, Sammy, I mean, here's the thing. Kyle actually hustled to get to the back check, but then started coasting at a time when he needed to bear down. He didn't have a stick in the lane, and he didn't lift the stick of Dumba. Now, it's still a good play by Travis Boyd, but he knew that he had to hustle to make it, but then he kind of put the coasters on, and it was just a bit of a strange play, but put it behind him right away, follows it up, does a good job of restoring the lead, and then I really like the way that that line kind of amplified things for the remainder, and uh, that's why I'm going with the, the Kyle Connor goal as, as the lamplighter for this evening. This may be the first time we've ever, probably because we don't always have three people on here, but maybe the first time ever we've gone with three different goals. My lamplighter on this night is Shifley's first goal, not only because mm-hmm. it's sick hands for him to reclaim that puck that he loses, it's what preceded that, and we did a story yep. on it in the broadcast. This is goes down as a or as a Mark Shifley goal. It goes down looking like it's a first line goal. This goal is entirely the third round, just absolutely grinding the heck out of this team. So I'm sitting over where uh, in the corner where the Zamboni comes out of, and after that goal is scored, two Coyotes players go go skating by, and they are. Sucking wind and looking entirely defeated. Why? Because the third line goes out there and for 47 seconds absolutely grinds the heck out of that line, leaves them with absolutely nothing left. And you want to, this is one thing, guys. If you've played hockey before, sometimes when a player makes a good change, you'll hear it at the bench. Guys are like, good change, good change, because you know you put the guys in the ice in a good spot. Adam Lowry sneaks out and gets Mark Shifley on, and Mark Shifley walks down a fresh guy, the probably most talented hockey player out of everyone on the ice tonight, walks out fresh against a group of players that are absolutely beat and walks in and scores a goal. Basically, the red carpet rolled out for him by the third line. This is a team goal. I mean, think of how appreciative you'd be if five guys while you're sitting on the bench absolutely beat the snot out of guys and leave them with nothing left and then just hand you the puck to say, go put that in the net, Mark. You deserve it. I love the team concept of that goal. That's why, for me, it's the lamplighter of the game. A lot of deserving uh, nominations tonight. But, hey, we want to hear from you and see what you have to say because if you share with us your hashtag TCB lamplighter of the game, you are automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious eight-pack of the nectar of the gods you see Hammy, or sorry, excuse me, Sammy, enjoying and uh, and taking care of there. Share with us your lamplighter. You're automatically entered to win. If you can't wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your very own eight-pack of Frosty Delicious Lamplighter Amber Ale, head on down to TransCanada Brewing Company. You can go to their tap room where they have plenty of lamplighters, plenty of other beers, great pizza, great food, 11290 Keniston. That's where the December 10th, Henny and Rennie Christmas party slash holiday party slash December to remember slash December to dismember party will be. We want you to join us there, everybody. It's going to be a blast. Already have a lot of tickets out the door, but there's room for Morio. We want to make it an absolute banger. So you know what to do. Head to Eventbrite. Just 
if you need to, just go and search December 10th, Kenny and I got Marie it here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Kenny's going to throw it into the chat room Thanks. here. But go get your tickets. We can't wait to see you. There will be a live viewing of the KNR show that night. It is going to be a great one. Uh, and it's time for me to announce our Lamplighter winner uh, from our last show. And it is someone who has taken part in their fair share of live shows, Ken. Love it when people like this win. You it know is Roy Mack 6921, which we all know is Roy Mack, the guy I will choose as my tag team partner <laughs> for the December to dismember party. Uh, no doubt. If you saw this guy, Sammy, he is uh, he's an absolute bull. So he's uh, I'll be that guy who hides behind him. I'll be like Jimmy, the mouth of the South heart jumping around with the megaphone him, pointing my finger on the other side and i'll let roy mack take care of it all but roy mack you've got something to take care of before that you got to direct message me at sn sean reynolds give me your full name and your email and i will send you your voucher for your very own frosty delicious eight pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends from trans canada brewing company that's it for us here tonight. Uh, Sammy, it means the world to us that you came in and you stopped in for two shows. I know it means the world to our audience. Double header. Love tons, it. It means the world to tons. me. Let's uh, go. That's, awesome. that's great. We had so many people messaging me tonight during the game being like, please have Sammy and Harn Ryan on afterwards. They're the best, the best announcer duo that we have here. You are appreciated in this market. I hope you feel that way because no doubt about it, not just by Ken and I, but by our audience. They absolutely love the heck out of you, and that's deserved love. Uh, I want to give a shout-out here, of course, before we do go. If you appreciate the conversations happening in this space, please, please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, Cambrian Credit Union, the Johnston Group, Pristine Roofing with their wake-up call, Sweet Lou Ferlin, and, of course, TransCanada Brewing Company and the keg. Thank you to them, and thank you to all of you. You rocked it here tonight. It's a lot of fun doing this show so far this year. The Jets are doing great work. Ken, you got something to say before we head out? Yeah, enjoy the Great Cup. Any predictions, Sammy, uh, while we have you here? The pegs it seems like it'll be a walk. That's what I think. Anyways, thank you very much, everybody. We will see you. It's not till Wednesday. Another Sportsnet game. I'll be yes, down in Tampa in Bay. And you one. will be as well. You'll be in studio, Sammy. Uh, it's great. We'll all be taking part in it some way, somehow, as we hope all of you will be taking part in the KNR show afterwards. Thanks for joining us here. We will chat with you after a huge game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday. Bye-bye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Good night.